0: Saturday night and we are live. Good to be with everybody tonight. I hope you are doing good. Welcome CTN Christian Television Network. Let's hop right into this 55 Minutes of Fury. New development out of our illustrious Department of Justice headed by the worst attorney general in the history of America, the most corrupt attorney general in the history of America, Merrick Garland. Here's the brand new development. Play it for me, Will. Based on recent developments, including
1: the former president's announcement that he is a candidate for president in the next election, and the sitting president's stated intention to be a candidate as well, I have concluded that it is in the public interest to appoint a special counsel. Such an uh, an appointment underscores the department's commitment to both independence and accountability in particularly sensitive matters. It also allows prosecutors and agents to continue their work expeditiously and to make decisions indisputably guided only by the facts and the law.
0: All right, so here we go. We got a press a, a special counsel, i.e., a special prosecutor, which is really what it is, is to try to trump up charges on Trump. That's what it's really all about. We all know that. So in light of recent circumstances, okay, what a because he said recent circumstances along with President Trump saying that he will run for president in 2024. So what are the recent circumstances? What are those recent developments that makes the attorney general assign a special prosecutor? What what recent events have happened? What recent developments out of the Mar-a-Lago unlawful uh unprecedented raid of a former president. What are those recent, what are these recent developments that have caused the attorney general to appoint a special prosecutor? Well, Now let's find out who the special prosecutor is because Merrick Garland says that this man will then be able to operate independently. In other words, he won't be a, he won't be have a political narrative. He won't be a political uh, pundit. He won't, you know, he won't be a politically, he won't be politically biased, right? Well, who is this person? Go to the next one for me. Well, this is a Mike Davis getter post. Jack Smith is the new special prosecutor. Jack Smith is a former chief of the Obama Justice Department's public integrity section. Uh, This is the man that's going to be independently and non-biasly prosecuting I mean investigating Donald Trump Jack Smith who was deeply engrossed in the lowest Lerner IRS scandal where they were only investigating conservative institutions and you know causing IRS investigations for uh, conservative groups and not for um, you know uh, liberal groups or Democratic Party groups this that same Jack Smith Jack Smith is a former chief of the Obama Justice Department for former Lois Lerner uh, ac- uh, acolyte Just, uh, Justice Department's Public Integrity Section Smith prosecuted former Virginia Governor Bob McDonald a potential GOP presidential contender haven't heard of him have you Either had I, because Jack Smith smashed him into pieces. The Supreme Court, unanimously, eight to, 8 to 0, would have been 9 to 0, but Scalia passed away, reversed his conviction. So you have this special, non biased prosecutor who goes only after GOP and people in the GOP, people who are conservative, people who are in the Republican Party. This is the same as Andrew Weissman, the same as Mark Elias. This man is absolutely no different, Mark Elias of Perkins Cooey diffusion GPS uh, to the steel dossier, that same Mark Elias, and Andrew Weissman of the Mueller hoax. That was, that was Mueller's pit bull. They called him of the Mueller investigation, of Russian collusion that didn't exist. Same type of guy here. The Supreme court unanimously overturned his quote unquote conviction. I want you to think about what it takes to get an 8-0 reversal, 8-0 reversal. That means like Elena Kagan, uh, Ginsburg at the time. Uh, I can't think of any other names off the head right now, but you, you have to think of an eight Oh, that's eight, eight zero. All the liberals actually voted against their own party for once in overturning this conviction of this former, uh, governor of the state of Virginia. This should have ended Smith's legal career as a prosecutor, but McDonald's political career was already destroyed. Attorney general Merrick Garland always has the partisan hack, um, Always, the partisan act is bringing back Smith from his career exile as a war crimes prosecutor at The Hague. Where? What does that mean? This this independent, non-biased special prosecutor is going to be looking into the recent developments with Donald Trump and recent developments, I guess, at Mar-a-Lago in light of him announcing that he's going to be running for president in 2024. He he has been exiled to be an attorney, a war crimes prosecutor at The Hague. What does that mean? The Hague is the city that hosts both the International Court of Justice and the International Criminal Court. So in other words, he's just another world economic forum, United Nations, World Health Organization, hack, Democratic Party, globalist leftist, who's going to be independent. So yeah, thank you. There he is right there. He looks like it, doesn't it? He looks just like Mark Elias. He looks just like Andrew Weissman. They all have this same convoluted, demonic, very uh, leftist, biased look on their face. They all do. And also, of course, condescending and arrogant. That's who these people are. And this is who, right here, who's been now put put as uh, nominated, I don't even know what, appointed, that's the right word, appointed as the special prosecutor into Donald Trump. Again, no crimes have ever been mentioned. I, I would like to know the crimes. It just recently came out that everything that was found at Mar-a-Lago turned out basically to be Trump taking souvenirs out of the Oval Office. What happened to the nuclear codes? What happened to nuclear secrets that he was selling to Vladimir Putin and Xi and, Jinping? Uh, what happened? All, all those stories are gone. But he, since all those stories are gone, and really, my producer Aaron said this, the reason why they're actually going to appoint this special prosecutor is because the Republicans came out and said that they're gonna be doing investigations into the Hunter Biden laptop. They're gonna be doing investigations into the Anthony Fauci and the NIH. They're gonna be doing investigations into the CDC. They're gonna be doing investigations into Pfizer, Moderna who's partnered with the NIH and the vaccines. They're gonna be doing investigations into the origins of COVID-19. And of course, back to the original, they're going to be doing investigations into Hunter Biden's laptop where Somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 to 50% of all of Hunter Biden's earnings go to the big guy. From China, from the, from the former mayor of Moscow's and former richest woman in, in Russia's wife, that $3.5 million went to Hunter Biden. Uh, Barisma $53,000 a month and over a million dollars from a Ukrainian gas company going to Hunter Biden for his expertise. $1.5 billion coming from a CCC, CCP-controlled bank. Or Hunter Biden flew over on Air Force Two with Joe Biden, and somehow for his consultancy expertise into international banking, of which he has none, receives a $1.5 billion payment for his consultancy expertise into a subject matter of which he has no expertise. All that is going to be looked into. So tit for tat, here comes the Biden administration. The problem is this: see, the the new Congress, the you know, brand new red, red, it's not a red wave. It's a red, uh, red whipple, uh, 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 ripple, red ripple. There we go. Red wave, whatever. So it's a new red ripple. That's all that we have. But the new uh, Republican controlled Congress is going to be doing lawful investigations. And when they actually put together their committees, they will allow the minority, The either it'll be like uh, Jeff, Representative Jeffries, whoever it is, because he's trying to take over Pelosi, the minority leader, they'll actually allow the minority leader to pick two people on the committee, which was not allowed in the 1-6 committee. Therefore, not allowing them to issue subpoenas, which I don't have time to get into that, which makes the arrest of Navarro, which makes the arrest and charging of Steve Bannon unlawful, but I won't digress into that tonight. But because the, the Republican-controlled Congress will be doing lawful investigations into Joe Biden, by the way, not using the DOJ, which is supposed to be unbiased, you have Joe Biden and Merrick Garland using the FBI, the DOJ, special prosecutors like Jack Smith, who's not as, who is not independent, who is not independent, non-biased. You couldn't be any more biased. He's just like Mark Elias, just like Andrew Weissman. It's just, you know what, you're going to do it to us, so we're going to do it for you. So that's the way. So here's, here's Trump's actual response to the announcement that a special prosecutor has been appointed. Play for me, Will.
2: I want to address the appalling announcement today by the egregiously corrupt Biden administration and their weaponized Department of Justice. Would you like me to talk about that, Larry? Would you like me to talk about that? This horrendous abuse of power is the latest in a long series of witch hunts. We started a long time ago. I thought the investigation with the document hoax was dying or dead or over. And the investigation into January 6th in my very peaceful and patriotic speech, remember? Peaceful and patriotically was dead, especially after the record-setting 40-point loss of Liz Cheney in the great state of Wyoming. I thought it was dead. I thought that put the final nail in the coffin, only to find out that the corrupt and highly political Justice Department just appointed a super radical left special counsel, better referred to as a special prosecutor, to start the process all over again. We thought it was just about dead. As you know, uh, just about the top person, one of the top people in the Justice Department, Lisa Monaco, a major Trump hater, major, I mean beyond belief, is in charge of the case and she's totally controlled by Andrew Weissman. Did you ever hear the name Andrew Weissman? I think you did. In this room you did. Bad person, bad guy, but he's an even bigger Trump hater. Sounds like a fair deal so far, do you agree? Who works tirelessly as he did on the Mueller scam which ended up, as you know, no collusion to do bad things to the greatest movement. They want to do bad things to the greatest movement in the history of our country, but in particular, bad things to me, but I've gotten used to it.
0: So you have very biased uh, Merrick Garland, who was not allowed into the Supreme Court by by mitch mcconnell which was a great job by mitch mcconnell so he hates republicans so he then assigns of course lisa monaco who hates donald trump who is controlled by andrew weissman who hates donald trump who then who then underneath all them is jack smith who hates donald trump that's who these people are you know jack smith linked with lois Lerner, um irs scandal linked with I mean, you have Andrew Weissman linked with Enron and crushing people, all of that. It's just absolutely, I couldn't sum it up any better than Donald Trump just did. It's just a very, very corrupt, banana republic, third world, FBI, DOJ, Gestapo for the Democratic Party. That's what all this is. So since I've been focusing a lot on that this week, let's continue on with this. This is a Darren G. J. uh, Beattie video. Merrick Garland must be impeached for this. Why did the public face of the pipe bomb investigation quietly resign? We need a chain of custody and full untampered surveillance footage of the DNC pipe bomber. Of course, this all goes back to what this is all about. Trump with, with Jack Smith being appointed special prosecutor, it all goes back to the one sixth committee. I mean, that's what this is all about. So if we're going to focus on one let let's look at the whole thing. Let's get the 14 hours, 14 hours worth of video footage that the FBI refuses to release. Let's get the video footage of the pipe bomber that the FBI refuses to release, but yet puts out a filtered, uh, edited video of the pipe bomber for some reason, for some nefarious purpose we don't know. Let's get, let's get down and let's get down to the, to the, to brass tacks. Let's figure out exactly what it is that's happened, and let's just break it out. Trump has nothing to hide. I mean, basically, he's been under investigation since 2015, wiretapped, investigated uh, 42 FBI agents, 42, 40 FBI agents, $42 million dedicated to finding Russian collusion that they never found. They raided Mar-a-Lago. Here we are months where Mar-a-Lago was raided in August. Here we are in mid-November, even past mid-November now. We've, nothing has come of that. No, no Russian collusion, uh, you know. The, the both impeachment hoax, hoaxes, nothing happened with any of those things. So let's just let's get let's just break all the material out. Let, let's let's just show it all to everybody. We want to be unbiased. We want to be independent. We want to have no filter. We want to be transparent. Let's put it out for everything. So we need to do that. This may sound like old news, but it's not. So here it is. Let's look at this now. Let's let's break down this pipe bomb incident because it's run by. The corrupt DOJ, the corrupt FBI. Play it for me, The FBI has released
3: new videos in hopes of identifying a mystery suspect who planted two pipe bombs the night before the Capitol riot. Pete, what's the aim in putting out these videos?
4: Lester FBI agents say they have no idea who planted the bombs, and they hope these new videos will generate some valuable tips. One shows the suspect walking up and sitting on a park bench near the Democratic National Party headquarters. One of the bombs was later planted in this same area. Frames per second, like its name implies, is the number of individual images, or frames, the system captures every second. The average industry frame rate of most CCTV cameras is around 15 frames per second.
5: We also recommend using a minimum of 15 FPS, or frames per second.
3: Now here at Proactive Security, we recommend actually 15 frames per second. What you're looking at is the actual frame speed of the security video the FBI released to the public of the January 6th pipe bomb suspect. It's just one frame per second. You're going to learn now why that is virtually impossible, unless this tape is not the original source footage. A comprehensive study in 2021 by one of the world's leading authorities on security cameras found that 0% of cameras in use in America today operate at just one frame per second. Statistically speaking, the odds that the video the FBI released to the public was unaltered is less than 1%. The average gas station in America uses 15 frames per second. That would make the DNC National Headquarters 15 times worse than the average gas station. Meanwhile, we know the DNC cares so much about security at this area that for years they have stationed a physical guard during the daytime right at this site. And that makes sense. It was the break-in of the DNC national headquarters 50 years ago that caused the largest scandal in American history, Watergate. Between the history of attacks on the DNC building, plus the fact that DC was once the murder capital of the country, plus the fact that 0% of cameras in use today use one frame per second, it is virtually impossible the tape the FBI released was the actual unedited footage.
0: And again, this is about exposing the corruption of the FBI. And remember what I, tell you, what, what, I, what I tell you about this now. You're like, well, this is far from me. Is it? Because now we have the FBI raiding the homes of pro-life people for doing absolutely nothing. They can't, they can't actually name a crime. They'll name a certain act, but they really can't specify a crime at all, like a battery, a trespassing, a murder, a theft, nothing. They just make up They just make up crimes. And you're like, well, how would this ever come home to me? I'll give you the same example that I did earlier in the week. If you were to say something like, you know what, we need to end the Democratic Party, do you think that, that a Mark Elias, a Jack Smith, an Andrew Weissman could craft that into a probable cause affidavit, submit it to a liberal Obama-appointed judge, and have them issue a warrant for your arrest. Do you think that couldn't happen? Do you not think that's exactly what happened with Peter Navarro? Do you not think that's exactly what happened with Roger Stone? Do you think that's not what happened with Steve Bannon, with General, with Mike Flynn? It's exactly what happened. And you don't think that that can happen to you? It could very much, ha- very likely happen to any of us. So the FBI must be dealt with. Because they can just say oh, I, want to, I want to end the Democratic Party forever. Well, I do want to end the Democratic Party forever. They can say, well, you know what, you're an insurrection for you're threatening violence. You know, this is exactly what they did with Alex Jones. Alex Jones, they're saying that he could that he defamed these parents um, from, from Sandy Hook. It's impossible to defame them. He did not defy their ability. He did not uh disable their ability to earn a living. He didn't he didn't. You, and their kids are gone, it's, I'm not I'm try, trying to dishonor the dead. I'm just telling you, you cannot, you cannot commit defamation against dead people. You ha, it has to be where you are impeding somebody's ability to make a living. You, you damage their reputation so badly that they no longer can uh, make a living at the thing they're currently, currently making a living at or what they can make a living at in the future. That's defamation. But all you had to do was get the right attorney and where's he being tried? Austin Texas which is a hub of liberalism and Hartford Connecticut which is a hub of liberalism all yeah and it's the same thing they did with the raid in Mar-lago a they found the right Obama appointed magistrate and floated that what's called a probable cause uh, a, a, a probable cause affidavit of what we call PCA and law enforcement probable cause affidavit for a warrant and you can get it because it's it, all of these judges are obama appointed they're not judges they're not independent they're not non-biased they're they're democrats they're leftist globalists they want alex jones to be bankrupt so they're they're actually making him pay money that he doesn't have I mean, he, right now it's up to over a, a, a close to a billion dollars he spent his last 10 million he has no money in the bank but that's what they and you don't think that can happen to you you say the wrong thing and they just, they just write it out, you cleverly write a narrative onto a probable cause affidavit that says that you're a threat to the public? You don't think they could bring that in front of a judge and have you acting and put into a mental institution? These people must be dealt with. I'm talking about right now, they, they must be dealt with by this new Congress that just got elected on November 8, by the slimmest of margins, but yet we have the majority. They must be defunded and dealt with. So what really happened with this pipe bomb thing? So right now, where I'm sitting is Foundation Church, 13,000 South Tamayama Trail, Northport, Florida. Where we are sitting right now, my producer Aaron tells me that our security cameras are actually shooting at 60 frames per second. Now, the footage that you just saw that was released by the FBI for the purpose of catching, of apprehending the bomber, that film footage, that video footage from their security cameras was shooting at one frame per second. The odds that that was not altered is less than 1%. So, why are they releasing an edited video? If you want to catch the person, it should be the most transparent, it should be uh, the most perfect video. I don't know the right, uh, the right, uh, verbiage for but it should be the most perfect video the most uh, least fixated video the clearest video that you possibly could have put out They shoot they let they actually released video for the apprehension of the suspect using video using video quality that i saw in the early 90s at 7-elevens with robbery and theft footage it's no kidding most gas stations as illustrated on this video shoot at 15 frames per second, and the DNC, the Democratic National Convention, an organization that receives hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars per year, has a camera that shoots at one frame per second? Why would that be? Now, here's my theory. Put up that pic for me, Will. You can just, guys, if you can't side-by-side it. Can you side-by-side it? There we go. Now, this is my theory. You take it or leave it. The reason why they don't want you to see what actually happened was because I want everybody to look. Here is the bomb, the bomb that was planted in front of the DNC on 1-5-2021, the bomb. Here it is, the pipe bomb. Now let's ask the question now. So this is supposed to go off, all right, sometime on 1-6 because that's where all the insurrectionists are, right? So you have this with a one-hour egg timer on it. A one-hour egg timer on it. And by the way, nobody, nobody has ever seen this device, been able to look at this device, to be able to forensically, forensically sort of audit this device. Why? Because the FBI blew it up. Strange, right? The FBI blew it up. Oh, well, that's protocol top. No, it's not. Because how is this an explosive device? With an egg timer on it. Then it's set to go off the following day with one-hour egg timer. I mean, what this is supposed to look like is something that you see on CSI Miami. This is no, this is not real. So, what really happened, in my opinion, is that there never was a bomb. What what they did was they had that FBI agent or FBI informant go walk through the DNC park, DNC uh, the on the DNC grounds there and act like this and then the FBI themselves put this out there. That's why they don't want anybody to find it. They don't want anybody they don't want anybody to find the suspect. Here's another thing. When it comes to the suspect footage, why aren't they going from everything in Washington DC? Everything is filmed. There is not a street corner in DC that doesn't have a camera on it. So why aren't they why isn't the FBI they want to catch the bomber that used this bomb? why is it that they don't go from their one frame per second dnc video into a 30 or 40 frame per second traffic video street street cameras street security not to mention private security cameras that are all over the place we have not seen one Well, eventually you know you track the guy long enough he's going to get on a bus He's going to get on a subway, he's going to get go on, get into a car, and he's going to take his mask off, or you're going to be able to get his 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 license plate off of his vehicle, right? Or even track him all the way to his home. But we don't see anything outside of this murky, one frame per second video outside of the DNC. Strange, isn't it? Here's another one for you. Darren J. Biddy uh, BD again, video. We know FBI's hiding critical footage of the DNC
6: uh, pipe bomber. Play it for me, Will. This is the DNC pipe bomb. According to the FBI, it was planted the night before January 6th, at 7.52pm, on the north side of this park bench. The FBI has released two clips of the pipe bomber at this scene from two different security cameras. Here are a few shots of the surrounding area, so you see the perspective. Let's call these benches Bench 1 and Bench 2, and let's call the two security cameras that the FBI has released footage from camera 1 and camera 2. Camera 1 shows the pipe bomber walking up to the DNC grounds at roughly 7:40 p.m. He sits on bench 1. Then he gets up and walks off screen. According to the FBI, he walks the length of the DNC building, and 10 minutes later, he comes back to the same bench area and sits on bench 2. There, at 7:50 p.m., camera 2 captures the pipe bomber sitting on bench 2 and, we are told, planting the pipe bomb by the side of the bench next to the bush. We are told the pipe bomber plants the pipe bomb there, but we can't see it. Camera 2 is occluded by a giant bush that blocks the scene. The pipe bomber even looks at camera 2 head on, for some reason. It's very frustrating, because we can't see the moment the pipe bomber plants the pipe bomb, but the FBI can. That's because the whole scene should be captured on camera 1 as well, and much more clearly than camera 2. Camera 1 has a clear shot of both benches. If the FBI released the full tape from camera 1, we could see the pipe bomber planting the bomb. Why is the FBI hiding what the security footage from camera one of the pipe bomber at bench two? Do they not want us to see the full scene? Isn't there a $100,000 reward? Don't they want our help to catch this guy? So the reason why camera
0: one is excluded where it would actually show the pipe bomber planting the bomb, in my opinion, the reason why it's excluded is because the pipe bomber doesn't plant a bomb. That's why. Because, and who would plant that bomb anyway so you have the one frame per second strange video for, for the DNC a multi-billion dollar organization to have but then lo and behold the one angle that would actually show you the person committing the crime which they have there's, they have earlier footage of camera one but the, what they release to the public they don't, they don't include camera one which would actually show you show the guy or girl putting the pipe bomb down the egg timer pipe bomb that makes no sense either it all makes absolutely no sense because, in my opinion, it never happened. All right, here's more. This is actually Darren Beatty speaking with Steve Bannon, a Ben bin Laden video.
7: Play it for me, Will. So basically, Revolver News vindicated again. Everyone calls us conspiracy theorists, whatever. These sub-literate mediocrities... Um, you know, caterwalling and calling us, you know, conspiracy. It's just, it's so ridiculous to be called that, or even to be in the same conversation with these mediocrities. But the New York Times came out, basically vindicated Revolver again. There's another batch. It's like another tranche here. (laughs) Now we learn of eight new um, informants who are in the Proud Boys. All of these organizations were riddled with informants. We just learned that The number two guy, the vice president of the Oath Keepers, he was also an informant. So the question really becomes who in the high levels of these organizations wasn't an informant? That's the relevant question. And if they have all these informants in here and the government is then presumably informed, how do they explain the fact that all these people were, you know, planning some big thing on January 6th? All of them were informants and the feds were just caught completely flat-footed. And Christopher Wray, in his famous testimony that we included in that classic seminal revolver piece that really opened up the whole discussion of the Fed's surrection. Christopher Ray said, oh, gee, gosh darn, I just kicked myself because we didn't have any assets. And if only we knew, if only we were in a position to, knew, to know. Liar. We know he's a liar. We know He's trying to get out of it, wiggle his way out of it by quietly retiring the henchman scumbag Giantuono who ran the Michigan operation and now he's the public face of the pipe bomb. He quietly resigned. They know they're guilty and they're trying to scramble away from it. And that's why you know, we, we've got him If we're just persistent, if we maintain focus, and in particular, you- if we demand the chain of custody for those DNC pipe bomb videos it's game over
0: christopher ray refuses to answer did you have fbi assets inside the capitol prior to the capitol pull in trump gear wearing trump hats trump you know trump paraphernalia did you have fbi assets dr- dressed as trump supporters inside the capitol prior to the capitol police opening the doors that was asked by congressman higgins and, and Christopher Ray refuses to answer because it may jeopardize their investigation, which is a bullface lie. Twelve out of the 18 co-conspirators in the Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping case were FBI agents or informants. That was headed up by uh, Special Agent Mike D'Antonio, who just got after that, after that debacle, he gets promoted to the FBI field office in Washington, D.C., which is a step to the seventh floor and then suspiciously retires after the biggest promotion of his life. That's strange. And then you have the number two, the vice president, the number two in charge of the Oath Keepers, along with seven others, are FBI informants. That's why I tell you, never affiliate yourself with any organization. I'm telling you, don't, because it is infiltrated with the FBI. They will conjure up charges against you, just like they did with the Whitmer kidnapping plot. 12 out of the 18 co-conspirators, FBI agents. And then you have Christopher A. actually testifying at Capitol. Oh, yeah, I, I had no idea one six would happen. The number two person at the Oath Keepers. And by the way, they arrested the number one uh, the president of the Proud Boys when he got off the plane, who is also suspected of being what? An FBI informant. So who actually orchestrated? They, did they have people inside the Capitol? prior to the doors being opened by the capitol police fbi F- fbi informants fbi agents inside and they, they why would you refuse, the, re, refuse to refuse to answer that question as congressman higgins said the answer should be simply no that's that, that would not jeopardize any investigation to acknowledge you actually had fbi assets inside the capitol prior to the doors being opened by the capitol police to allow the, in, the insurrection happen, the two hour long two and a half hour long unarmed Insurrection that we have millions and billions of dollars being spent on its investigation. Hundreds of people being prosecuted, both rightfully and wrongfully, rightfully for misdemeanors, wrongfully left in jail now for almost two years for misdemeanor crimes. But it's all a lie. And now here's this is somebody that you need to follow this. And this is from the Dan Bongino show. Also follow Bongino. This is Kyle Serafin. He is an FBI Whistleblower, and he's been giving interviews to Dan Bongino, and here's here's the title of it. If you want to support the named and unnamed FBI whistleblowers trying to expose the corruption within your federal law enforcement officer, consider visiting and sending. Listen, fund these people. We we have to do something about this. They have give send go accounts for people like Kyle Seraphin and generalized gift send go accounts. We for the whistleblowers inside of the FBI, they'll guarantee will lose their jobs. But a lot of people listen. You you should lose your job, you know. I, you can't. I, the reason why I got vaccinated because I was going to lose my job, and it's better to be unemployed than dead. And it's better to do things right. It's better to be a moral person without a job than an immoral person with a job. So here's Kyle Seraphin. Listen to this testimony to Dan Bongino. Play it for me.
4: Every single FBI agent has to go to the Holocaust Museum for a full day when we're in the academy. And they have a special program. I don't know if you've ever been to it, but it's well worth your time. If you're a law enforcement officer, you should definitely go. Everybody that's honest that goes through that museum and looks at all the Jews that still smell like the people that were wearing them, and there's thousands of them in there, it changes your perspective on the entire world. It's looking through the lens of how did this atrocity take place. And the only way it takes place is minor government officials are on board and local law enforcement, state law enforcement, and federal law enforcement has to say yes because if anybody refuses to get with the program it doesn't happen and the answer i'm just following orders it doesn't fly we know better like that's the whole point of history we're supposed to be able to see that that's why every agent has to go to that day We're supposed to know that if they ask you to do something that's illegal, immoral, or unethical, following orders is not an excuse. It's not an excuse for me. You can't tell me to go get a vaccine that I'm not going to go get. It goes against my moral principles. I'm not doing it. And I don't want my children to grow up in a world where that's the barrel they're looking down. I don't think that's reasonable. I won't go down that line. You can do whatever comes next. You can ask me to do a search warrant that's not right. I'm not going to go do it because it fundamentally changes the fabric of this country. It changes the game. It puts people in play in the political arena that shouldn't be. Law enforcement, shouldn't be in the political arena number one and the second piece is is we don't go after our former leaders and we don't go after the opposition leader that's banana republic stuff law enforcement has a absolute responsibility to refuse things that are wrong we can't do it america is in jeopardy we can't do it and have america survive the way that we grew up and i don't want to be part of it
0: so there you go kyle serif follow him on social media it's the hero these are the people that he said you know what I'm not, I, I would rather lose my job than do something that's immoral. That's what has to happen. These, these are the stand. We have to elect politicians that will vote themselves out of a job. The only way that you turn your first world country into a third world banana republic is the collaboration between politicians and law enforcement. And that is exactly what's happening now. For the first time in our history, we've had a former president's private residents and or any residents but private residents rated we the the fbi must be dealt with now stripped to the studs and defunded it is a it is a danger to national security rank and file fbi agents who have not compromised which by the way there are not many of them they can all be reassigned to other agencies but the rest of the department needs to be shut down permanently if we want to come up with another version of a federal law enforcement uh, agency we can although i don't believe that it's needed i think it can be accomplished by jurisdictional task forces however if it is needed then we can come up with something but the way that it is right now from the seventh floor which is where Christopher Ray and his acolytes are all the way through the rank and file FBI analysts and everybody else you need to remember. They've had the Hunter Biden laptop since 2019, three years now and have done, have not done one single thing. And in the midst of that, they're arresting pro-life protesters for doing absolutely nothing. Raiding Mar-a-Lago. Then what, what are they doing with FTX right now? Absolutely nothing. What are they doing with the fentanyl that's pouring over the border and the human sex trafficking that's happening at the border? Absolutely nothing. The 40% increase in violent crime and the 25% increase in felonious murder in this country. What are they doing with any of that? Absolutely nothing. They're too busy appointing special prosecutors to go after Donald Trump again. They've been investigating him since 2015. It is now 2022, and they've yet to fill out a probable cause affidavit charging him with any crime. But yet, here we go. This is the, this agency, Christopher Ray, who is nothing more than an acolyte do boy. For uh, for uh, James Comey, they they were absolute best buddies at the FBI, more of a servant relationship than best buddies, but an acolyte relationship where Christopher Ray was a bootlicker for James Comey. That's who we have now, and this is these are the mistakes that Trump must fix if he wins in 2024. He cannot appoint people like Christopher Ray. You can't. I don't care what I don't care what their resume says on it. You have to appoint the right people. All right, switching subjects here. Let's go to worldwide, leftist, globalist, bourgeois, elitist cabal, which is what COVID is which is what climate change is. That's what vaccines are, vaccine mandates, vaccine passports, all about leveraging you into a one world commerce system with a singular access point controlled by a tyrant or a tyrannical government. He causes all both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead and that no one may buy or sell except one has the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name, Revelation 13, 16 and 17. This is what COVID has been about from day one. Before COVID, that's what climate was about. After COVID, that's what climate's about. That's what gun grabbing's about. That's what the transgender narrative is about. That's what the abortion narrative is about. It's all about leveraging you into a one world commerce system with a singular access point. Of course, we can't start any better. Of course, this is the the B20, which is really the G20. But this is the business part of B20 with Klaus Schwab speaking at it. Very strange. The 20 most powerful countries on the planet meet at the G20, and who's there speaking? Who elected Klaus Schwab? What what country is he a prime minister or president of? Absolutely not, but here he is, speaking at the B20. Play for me, Will.
8: Of course, if you look at all the challenges, we can speak about the multi-crisis, economic, political, social, and ecological, and institutional crisis, but actually, What we have to confront is a deep, systemic, and structural restructuring of our world. And this will take some time. And the world will look differently after we have gone through this transition process. Politically, the driving forces for this political transformation of course, is the transition into a multipolar world which has a tendency to make our world much more fragmented. And for these reasons, events like this one, the G20, and so on, are the very important connectors to avoid two great segmentation.
0: The two biggest ideals that you need to get out of that little 30 or 40 second speech right there. was longer than that, but that was a segment of it is how he talks about multiple crises. That's what they're going to use to usher in the globalist narrative agenda. And of course, the restructuring of the world and the what they call the transition process. Now, what this is all about is worldwide surveillance. To track you, and they can track you, they can control you. It's about CBDCs, central bank digital currencies, and all of the infrastructure has been put in place by what? When you're dealing with central bank, and, and Joe Biden, just through executive fiat, has launched the research phase of CBDCs in the United States, central bank digital currency. If they can track you, now there's a couple, there's a couple facets, a couple tributaries to the river of CBDCs. A, they can track you. B, their hand is at the spigot. They can they can Christia Freeland, Justin Trudeau, shut down your bank accounts like they did at the Freedom Convoy in Canada, shut down people's bank accounts for contributing ten or fifteen dollars to the Freedom Convoy. That's the point of all of this is to control you, is to leverage you into them dominating you suppressing you subjugating you that is what this is all about now christianity is the opposite of that christianity is it is for freedom that christ has set us free what does he tell us to do galatians chapter 5 verse 1 stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery if there's no cash you're a slave if there's no fine if there's no precious metals you're a slave if there's no gasoline you're a slave now what are they trying to get rid of all three of those and all of the infrastructure for cbdc's which is linked in with electric cars the reason why they want you on that grid is that there's no cash there's no liquid that's actually uh, transferred from one person to another it's controlled by an esg controlled power grid that they can just say you know what we don't want you to make a living anymore because you voted for the wrong person and you buy guns so you know what? You're not gonna be allowed to make a living anymore. So you're not gonna be able to charge your car. They can't do that when you can drive to the shelf station. But they can do it when they when you have to hook your, when you have to plug your car into a wall that gets that gets its power from a power grid that's controlled by environmental social governance ESG scores, which is linked into the federal government. They can close down the power company, they can close down you. They can thra- threaten the power company through and it's not just you think, think about what an ESG means: environmental, social, governance. For a power company, of course. If you look at Exxon, you look at Shell, you look at any of the multinational fossil fuel companies. They're all pining to get a high ESG score. And if, the funny thing, I said this I said this last uh, last Sunday at church. Say you say you burn hundred gallons a month in fossil fuels. And they take away your car. and, and, and So you're going to, what, what happens to that, that 100 gallons of fossil fuel? Instead of you burning it, it gets burned by the f- power company powering your car. So it makes absolutely no sense to go to electric vehicles. Because what's charging the electric vehicles is the same fossil fuels that you put into your gas tank. So it makes no sense. So if it's foolishness and nonsensical then it has to be nefarious, as you always hear me say on this podcast. But it's about worldwide surveillance. This is a very disturbing video. This is from Wall Street Silver video. Recently, a classified military uh, project called Argus was unveiled. Play it for me, Will.
1: This is the next generation of surveillance. For the first time, we actually have permission from the government to show the basic capabilities it is important for the public to know that some of these capabilities
5: exist engineer Giannis Antignades designed the new sensor known as Argus with 1.8 billion pixels it's the world's highest resolution camera Argus fits inside this pod that attaches to the belly of a UAV but because much of the work is classified we can't see the sensor itself
1: because we are not Allowed to expose some of the pieces that make up the sensors so you get to look at pretty plastic curtains.
5: Also known as Wide Area Persistent stare, Argus is the equivalent of having up to a hundred predators look at an area the size of a medium-sized city at once. This image was taken 17,500 feet above Quantico, Virginia and covers 15 square miles. This whole
1: image is at a very, very fine resolution. So if we wanted to know what is going on in any spot along this image, say near this building at this intersection, we can generate a moving image that shows what's
5: going on in the area. Simply by touching the screen, Antenares has opened up a window showing a detailed area while still maintaining the broader context. And everything that is a moving object is being
1: automatically tracked. The color boxes represent that the computer has recognized the moving objects. You can see individuals crossing the street. You can see individuals walking in parking lots. There's actually enough resolution to be able to see the people waving their arms or walking around, what kind of clothes they wear. And you could pick The location of where you produce these images anywhere in the entire field of view.
5: Antinades can open up to 65 windows at once and can see objects as small as six inches on the ground.
1: From even 17,500 feet, the white thing that you see flying around is
5: a bird. Argus streams live to the ground and also stores everything, a million terabytes of video a day, which is the equivalent of 5,000 hours of high-definition footage. So you can go back
1: and say, I would like to see what happened at this particular location three days, two hours, four minutes ago, and it would actually
5: show you exactly what happened as if you were watching it live. To create the world's highest-definition camera, Antoniades needed to design a new imaging chip But DARPA, the project's funder, wanted to move fast and keep costs down. So he borrowed technology that most people have in their pockets. Inside
1: this cell phone, we find a tiny little camera. So if you were to take off the majority of it, you'd be left with an imaging chip. If you were to take 368 of this and make a big mosaic out of them and start shooting images, now you have Argus
5: unlike the predator camera that limits field of view argus melds together video from each of its 368 chips to create a 1.8 billion pixel video stream this makes it possible to zoom in and still see tremendous detail whether argus has been deployed in the field
1: is classified i'm not at liberty to discuss plans that the government
0: whether it's been deployed in the field, of course, is classified. Now, what they're doing is slow walking this so that when this is a fully implemented program, you won't be stunned by it. They're allowing this to be leaked out, slow walked into the public. They're not allowed to release, of course, the technological information, but it's being slow walked so that you know that it's there, or that it's possibly there. But you don't know for sure whether it's there yet or not. And what's this really called? Wide Area Persistent Stare is what Argus is. That's what the other name for it. Now how would this how would this link in with central bank controlled currency CBdcs central bank digital currency? How would this link into that? Well, if you're carrying around all your your digital currency on your phone and it can be read, I'm assuming very easily by Argus that can what was the how much, what was the terabytes of information one million something one million terabytes of information per day that it stores it might be able to track your movements, right? Once you have to carry around a digital wallet identifying yourself, you're walking around right now and Argus is looking at you unless he can get in front of you, which that technology probably isn't very far away, doesn't have facial recognition. They don't know who you are. But once you're carrying it all around on your phone, that sort of surveillance system, which, of course, its implementation is classified it will be able to read who you are and where you are. Wittgenstein Video, new Australian app that will verify our identities. Play it for me. We're all
3: well aware of the risks in handing our data to companies like Optus and Medibank, but what if you never had to reveal your address ever again? New South Wales is leading the way with a one-stop shop, allowing us to prove and protect our identity once and for all.
9: It's personal, private, privileged, and prized by hackers.
7: We've seen what happens in relation to Optus and Medibank.
9: Now, new ways for a new world to give the power back to the people.
7: What we're rolling out in New South Wales is world-leading technology.
9: A digital identity that means you'll never have to hand over your data again. It works like this, you'll use an app to scan your passport, license, Medicare card, they're cross-checked with databases to ensure they're yours, and then appear on your phone as verified ID. You then have control over what you share and with whom, revealing only part or all of a document when required, meaning you'll be able to prove a valid license without showing your address.
7: All they need to know is that you are real and that you're authorised to drive.
9: Or confirm you have Medicare while keeping your number unknown.
4: Those numbers, uh, as we've seen in the recent spate of attacks, uh, will not be shared.
9: The personal data is kept only on the personal device, never held by the government or a private company.
7: When you decentralise and you put the information in the power of the individual, is far so far.
9: The technology will be optional. All
0: right, so there we go. She was about to say the this is, uh, technology will be optional. I shouldn't have cut for that part off the video, but that was what the reporter was going to tell you. So New South Wales, which by the way, are some of the most monstrous COVID tyrants on the planet, New South Wales, Australia. Now they're giving power to the people. So they say that this, this information of yours, your personal information, your passport, your health information, driver's license, everything else, will be only held on the device, but it has to be cross-checked with databases, so how will it only be held on the device? If it has to be cross-checked with databases, that means that your device has then connected with another database, which now has, just like they say all the voting machines aren't connected to the internet, but they are connected to the internet. And this will be, uh, this of course is voluntary until it's no longer voluntary because the infrastructure has been put in place. And once they, once, Everybody's doing it, and everybody relies on it. Then what you know what that's called is assimilation. And, and you, then you rely you you are now reliant on this. You see, you everybody's no longer has cash. No, no nobody longer nobody uh, any longer has uh, debit cards or anything else. They're all reliant on a, a digital wallet that's connected to certain databases. And everybody is then assimilated into this it's very easy to make it mandatory because if you're the only one not doing it anymore then there really are no resources to support your life and all of the other resources now go to cbdc's i.e digital wallets cryptocurrencies and you're the one walking around with a checkbook That's the point of it all, is to assimilate all of these people into it as much as they can while it's voluntary. Then all the infrastructure supports what's currently voluntary but will later be mandatory because there is no infrastructure for the other system. That's the point of it all. We must stand now. Pelham video, make absolutely no mistake. Here we are from the World Economic Forum, i.e. Klaus Schwab, though not Klaus Schwab speaking. Make absolutely no mistake, individual carbon footprint trackers will be programmed into
6: central bank digital currencies. Play it for me.
8: We're developing
6: through technology an ability for consumers to measure their own carbon footprint. What does that mean? That's where are they traveling? How are they traveling? What are they eating? What are they consuming on the platform? So individual
5: carbon footprint tracker... Mm. Stay tuned. We don't have it operational yet, but this is something that we're working on. Individual carbon footprint
0: tracker, which again, we're giving individuals the ability to track their own. And he does it in that little up arc church pastor style to, to track their own carbon footprint. Right now, of course, it's voluntary, but all the infrastructure will be put in place to make it impossible to operate in any other way but their way. All infrastructure will be CBDC, not cash. So there'll be no way to use cash. That's the point of it all. And it's all been put into place. It's all been, this infrastructure has been put into place through vaccine passport technology, which will easily be transferred over to central bank digital currency, as well as, as, well as about anything else you could, anything else you mentioned, whether it's cryptocurrency, whether it's social credit systems, i.e. China is completely run by a social credit system. If you buy cigarettes, you lose money. If you vote the wrong way or you use too much, uh, if your carbon footprint's too big, which right now it's voluntary, but in China, it's no longer voluntary. And by the way, there is no other system to use. That's the point of it all, is to assimilate as many people into a CBDC, social credit system, so that that's where all the infrastructure is. So that there is no alternative system. Disclose TV tweet just in New York Federal Reserve and multiple global bank banking giants start a 12-week digital dollar pilot. Notice the date on the bottom. That is November 15th, 2022. So four days ago. Ie, this is the federally funded by the Biden administration research. Program into C- CBDC's central bank digital currencies. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave. Revelation 13, 16, and 17 cannot happen without this. Can't happen. And what's, what's the World Economic Forum doing? Central bank digital currencies. That's what they're doing. Cashless society. It's not just about cashless. We make things mysteries shrouded in mist. It's about controlling you. The reason why it's cashless is cashless, and fuel, and firearms, and your own food. That's why they have multi conglomerate farms taking over small farms, so that they they're controlled by ESG scores, federal uh, globalist leftists. I got the time, leave it off. So here's the thing. So that that's the that's the point of it all is control. It's not a mystery shrouded in mist. If they take away your cash. They control you. That's the point of it. Put up the next one for me, Will. Election wizard tweet. Biden demands $10 billion more in COVID funds. It's all tied together. They're all tributaries into leveraging you into a one-world commerce system with a singular access point. It's all been put into place, controlled by a tyrant. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm. Love you all. God bless you.
9: If you enjoyed
6: watching the Tom Lipley podcast, would you consider investing in the program? Go to TomLipley.com and donate any amount to the podcast and we will send you this exclusive TLP shirt.
0: I stand unequivocally on the Word of God. On healing, the Bible. Prosperity, the Bible. Sin, the Bible. Everything. Protection, the Bible. Church, the Bible.